Welcome to the We Are SE podcast. This is Eric McKinney, uh, joined by Greg Katz. Uh, Greg, we are a couple days out from the decision from the, the Pac-12, coming on the heels of the decision from the Big Ten, uh, to technically postpone the fall sports season. That, that was um, singular to the Pac-12, that it's all sports uh, for the fall, pushed back. Now, January 1st, uh, they threw out as the earliest date for for sports in the conference uh we uh were, were on a call with representatives from from usc head coach clay helton athletic director uh mike bone and, and we heard from uh, a couple players um well give, give me your sort of takeaway and and from this i'm talking specifically on on the medical side what what you heard uh what you feel kind of went into that ultimate decision uh, to to not go forward with the fall season. Well, my uh, first of all, let me say I'm absolutely delighted that there isn't going to be a season. Not because I don't like college football. Obviously, I do, and I love USC football. But you know, it's about athletes and their safety first. It's not about money. It's not about satisfying fans. They want a sport so bad that they have to watch it. But the medical issue is really foremost in it and when I was listening to the doctor from USC uh, talk about the concern of the connection of a heart problem I think it's uh, you can correct me on this myocarditis I think myocarditis yes yeah this is a big big risk Uh, they don't have enough information on it the the doctor there uh, Dr. Raditz Dr. Gamrat Dr. Seth yeah 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 yeah, my apologies for messing up his name. Uh, he really struck a chord with me when he said, you know, we can't take a chance on on finding out that this is going to really hurt our athletes. Uh, there's enough concern and eyebrow raising that uh, being safe rather than sorry, I think that's the number one issue now. It's evolving into that. And, you know, it started off with the release of a player from Indiana a lineman there and the connection. And then it's been like popping up uh, around the country uh, of this connection. And it, and it goes back to, you know, it's like kind of like saying this, if you're on the street corner and the cars are coming, you make a choice. Do you want to try to beat the cars to get to the other side? Cause you can't wait. Or are you going to let the cars go by when it's, it's, there is no risk and it's safe and sound. I think the PAC 12, uh, in support of the Big Ten not having a season because of medical issues and other things. Uh, I think they were that pedestrian that stood on the sidewalk and said, let the other cars go by. The SEC and the Big 12, uh, uh, those conferences that say, or the ACC, we're going to play, they're taking a chance. And uh, God help uh, the players that uh, are going to participate in those leagues uh, that they don't come down with something that affects their heart. It would be, it would be truly uh, tragic and absolutely unnecessary. Uh, we're talking about sports. We're not even talking about professional athletes. We're talking about amateur student athletes. So, yes, I would say, uh, in, to sum it up, the, the doctor's explanation to me was like, all right, we've got, we've got a, somebody who has some sanity and I, I felt really good about that. And I felt good for the student athletes. And they said in, in every 
communication from the Pac-12, from USC, uh, the, the first line every time when discussing this was we're going to put, you know, the, the health and safety of our student athletes first. And, and that's what it that's what it ultimately came down to. The idea was uh, that we could have a season. And, and Dr. Gamera said that going into it, it was kind of we really liked our plan. The plan was to test everybody they needed to once a week. And it absolutely hinged on two major things and one of them was community cases going way down uh, by the time the season was was ready to start community cases in all of the different pac-12 cities and the other one was uh that that nothing sort of unknown flared up um as they were learning more and more uh about the virus and so when you had uh this this myocarditis issue which there's reports that that at least 10 uh, student athletes in the Big Ten um, have had that. The NCAA came out and, and said they know of, of 12 cases um, nationally uh, at this point. And so when, when they weren't given enough time, it, it feels like when they weren't given enough time to sort of wrap their heads fully around that and fully understand the extent of, of that. And this is not, we, we've heard the, the term uh, myocarditis before. This is not something that is absolutely brand new uh, to college football or to, to student athletes or to really anybody in the, in the sports world. Um, but again, when you're dealing with something that is new and that is un an unknown, they clearly wanted to be able to wrap their arms all the way around this and felt like they didn't have that answer yet. And then when the cases in those communities uh, weren't going down to where they needed to, now they're looking at, we need to test uh, everybody who would travel to every game, and Dr. Amara said, you know, maybe around a 200 person travel party, and they would need to test them every single day based on uh, the numbers in the communities. And at this point, that's not feasible. So when they set themselves up for, we need to hit these two benchmarks, they didn't get hit. And then it became, then, then they're really, and, and when you hear them talk about it, the, the coaches, the athletic directors, the, the uh, medical uh, advisors, it, it really didn't come down to a, well, can we still go through with this or, or not? It was, we, it, it certainly sounds like we didn't hit what we needed to hit. There's no way uh, that, that we can go forward with this. And that's something where when they, when they set that out, you know, at the beginning, when they're kind of going through everything, they weren't going to change their mind uh, and then say, well, you know, may maybe we could make it work if, you know, we, we do this and that. It, it just got to a point where, where they couldn't do it. And, and like you said, when they say early on, we are going to put the absolute health and safety of the student athletes uh, at the forefront, that's, that's what this decision had to be. And, and I think one of the interesting things, too, is that there's going to be the argument of would the players be more likely to uh, you know catch this virus playing football or not playing football uh, they're they're still going to have to live their lives and and be student athletes whether that's uh, on campus or, or off campus for the next you know x number of months that would have covered the season I think what it what it again seems like the decision was is they're not taking that into account they're not taking into account how likely is it for them to get the virus? And then is it more likely to, to play football? I think they're starting 
from zero and just saying, this is not something that would come from playing football. The, the idea of concussions or, or injuries or football related stuff, those are things that they have looked to mitigate uh, throughout kind of the last sort of decade or so when we've, when we've seen massive changes to, to player safety rules and all of that kind of stuff. This would be something that is, is not specific to football. And so if you are playing football, as opposed to say sitting in a, you know, socially distanced classroom or, or just kind of walking across campus or, or that sort of thing, playing football to them increases the likelihood of doing that. And, and you're bringing it, you're bringing an unknown risk or, or danger into football. And I think that was it. It's not so much comparing it uh, inside football or, or outside football. It's just starting from zero, can playing football make it likely to, to transmit this virus? And when the answer for them was yes, it just became, again, we can't, we can't subject student athletes to something where there is that kind of, that kind of risk um, to something that they really clearly wanted to be able to guarantee to student athletes, to guarantee to parents, we can absolutely keep you safe uh, and, and offer as much protection as, as possible. Well, you know, a couple of things here. Um, number one, I actually wrote this for, for Sunday's IMHO Sunday. Uh, Nick Saban, the head coach of Alabama, came out with that, uh, which you had mentioned, that you're safer playing football at Alabama than you are being at home or what have you. And what I really appreciated, and I try to be objective with Reggie Bush, but Bush came out and, and responded by saying, take a look at the people that are saying these type of comments. I'm paraphrasing now. Uh, they're really showing you who they are. And I, and I, and I took that to, uh, for my interpretation was uh, these coaches that talk this way are for their, for their own self gratification. There might be of course some merit to what Saban says, but the overall health of the players. Uh, and this is what I, I'm very disturbed about this split, almost like the country where the West Coast um, uh, and the Midwest are basically saying science uh, uh, rules over uh, desires and emotions where you have the South, uh, that area, you know, the Southeast, uh, where, which you're saying, you know, it, it's almost going back to this idea of uh, religion, divine providence that will be, what will be, will be, and God has a master plan. But you know, at some point you have to say, when are we making choices for what? Uh, you know, it, it's very scary to me to see sports. Uh, it's college football because it is a spotlight sport in our country to make a, a split judgment like this. Now, the NCAA this morning, and we're taping this uh, on, a, on a Thursday, uh, their, their head doctor, the head advisor for, for sports from the NCAA came on CNN and he said that he uh, was, was very pleased that some conferences were not going to be playing football because of these risks that you and I have been talking about, they're very real and they, and they need to reschedule or make even further adjustments. But for the fall, no way should anybody be playing college football. And, you know, like I once mentioned on a, a conference call with uh, USC, uh, where everyone was talking about it, and uh, one one uh, 
reporter said, well, they're going to play football in Tuscaloosa regardless of anything. And I said, you could drop an atomic bomb on uh, the Alabama football stadium and people will still show up if it's football. Uh, and you get to a point where you just say, is that all that consumes your life? Now, I realize in Alabama, uh, some of these other places, uh, this is all they have, Athens, Georgia. You know, it's, it's a re- they don't, they're not kidding when they say it's a religion down there. But when does religion, uh, and not to get too philosophical, when does religion supersede athlete safety? It's, uh, I, I think it's really a sad commentary uh, of how divided our country is, even in having a college football season. And where's the NCAA stepping into this uh, in terms of just telling all the member schools there isn't going to be a season if the head uh, doctor that advises the NCAA says, you shouldn't be playing football in the fall. It's a little bit uh, disconcerting. That, that's been unbelievably frustrating to, to everybody uh, involved, players, coaches, uh, pe- you know, people at the conference level. The fact that the NCAA has basically said, you guys figure it out. Well, you know, we'll be over here. We'll still collect however much money, you know, we, we need to collect uh, at, at various points. But it's up to you guys to figure it out. And then there hasn't been, I mean, clearly hasn't been the right kind of communication between all the conferences as they kind of, you know, race against each other uh, to figure this out so that when you do have these announcements from conferences, it, it's met by, you know, such animosity on, on either way, the, the people who are going to keep playing, the people who are going to stop playing, it's, it is like like you said. It it feels like the sport kind of got torn torn in half uh, on on Tuesday, where you got you know people people siding on one side and and siding on the other side, where it could have been kind of let's you know figure this out as a as a group and and move forward uh, as a group. I, I think the other thing to keep in mind too is that these these schools are not there as as much as you and I kind of. Uh, put football first at, at a lot of these schools, clearly based on what we do. Uh, the, these are not football teams that also have uh, a university. And, and I understand the financials uh, of that and, and how much, you know, football makes. But at the end of the day, uh, and that's kind of where you've seen it hinted at, where the Pac-12 schools and, and the Big Ten schools have kind of I, you know, I, I don't want to say patted each other on the back, but certainly kind of comfort each other by saying that we, we feel more aligned because these are, you know, research institutions and academic first uh, schools. And again, if you are solely a, a football fan, it's, it's not what you want to hear. Um, but that, that certainly goes into it too. And I think, we, you know, it, it gets skipped a little bit, but uh a, a lot of the talk about, you know, potential unionization and throwing, throwing that in late in the game where, where now you have players kind of finding that voice and potentially kind of getting together. The fact that it kind of spread nationally starting uh, with the PAC 12 and then, and then spread nationally. I don't think, you know, those are, are things that are going to get sorted out anytime soon. So it would be another thing where to push forward and sort of have that hanging that it's just another, it's another thing causing uncertainty uh, at this, at this point. And I think that 
I think that that's not going to go away. It, it's that there are there are going to be a lot of questions. Um, I think to figure out at a at a conference level in the Pac-12, at potentially a university level uh, with USC, and then uh, probably climbing in to a national level as well. But some of the questions that are going to come up is okay. There's no fall. There's no fall season uh, for the Pac-12. Is there a spring season that we we heard on the call again? Okay, the thought is, you know, we can play in the spring. It sure didn't sound like anybody on that call. Dr. Gamrad, uh, I, I know Mike Bone kind of said, we've got a lot of hope. We believe in positivity, uh, trying to get it done. He called it a, a Herculean task to be able to play all 21 sports in the spring. And, and Clay Helton specifically, the first thing he said when asked about the feasibility of playing in spring was, that there are still a lot of questions to be answered and, and a lot of kind of we'll see where we are uh, at that time. Your, your thoughts just on it, is it likely at all that we play a that, that we see a spring season uh, in the Pac-12? Well, if you said cats go to Las Vegas and make a bet on it, put your money where your mouth is. I don't think there's going to be a spring season. I, I the, If you had a season to start in January, you'd have to start training in December. And why is December going to be any different than November? And you're going to be in the middle of the flu season. I think they're saying all this as window dressing. I think it's just, uh, you know, wishful thinking. And you say, well, why would they do that? Well, they do that to keep a, a carrot out there uh, for, for athletes to want to continue to be motivated. It's kind of like the parent who, uh, and we were discussing this off the air uh, the other day. It's kind of like the parent that, that, you know, the kids go, we want to go to Disneyland. We want to go to Disneyland. And, you know, if you tell them no, they're just going to get so uninspired, depressed, sad, cry. Uh, so you come out with the famous parent response, we'll see. Okay. We'll see is basically, to me, translates to it ain't going to happen. But it's kind of like, well, there's always a chance. And that's what they're doing. Uh, you know, I'm going to give credit to, to Clay Helton and to Mike Bone. Mike Bone was basically, when we were on that conference call, was saying the things an athletic director should say. You know, we're, we're, we're cautiously optimistic. But see, when he uses the word like Herculean, I mean, that's like a, that's like a, a major siren in your face. Uh, and let's face it, even uh, a couple of months earlier when we had a little gathering with, with, with uh, Bone, he was, you know, saying how he wants to think optimistically there'll be a season in the fall. And uh, I felt there was never going to be a season in the fall. And it turns out there isn't a season in the fall. And to Clay Helton's credit, I thought he was remarkably candid. You know, he said, uh, basically, look, you know, I don't have the answers. There's so much going on. I didn't get any sense at all that he was optimistic that there was going to be a spring season. I mean, he said they're, you know, redoing the calendar and, you know, the things that needed to be done, anticipation of a spring season which is all well and good. It's a smart thing to do, no doubt about it. But, you know, he basically, by his tone of voice, and I thought by his nonverbal expressions, if you will, that he wasn't optimistic there's going to be a season. And uh, since we broached the subject, um, why, would, why should there be a spring season? It'll cause way more problems than, than uh, if you had a season. And the reason there won't be a spring season, since uh, I have the floor for the moment, is because you can't pack two seasons uh, separated by four or five months. The players' physical well-being, everybody seems to agree on it. 
And that in itself is a disqualifier, okay? Uh, let's face it. We know that, as, and I'm sure this is a question you're going to lead us into, you know, players are going to leave for the NFL. We know that. They're going to be on this current SC roster, and we can get into some of those names if you want. But, you know, the reality is, is, you know, in the span of the history of college football, the less changes you have to make, even the NFL draft, the better off. So if you lose a basically a year of college football, it's five years from now, people are going to look back and say, wasn't that a shame? But the beat will go on. The beat will go on. We'll all be disappointed going, what the hell do we do on Saturday? And, you know, there's no excitement level. We'll miss the USC marching band and everything that happens. But, you know, this is just, it is, you know, I don't want to say it is what it is because I don't like that comment, but it, it, it is where we are today and not where we'll be in, you know, in a couple of years, maybe a little sooner, who knows? Yeah. I, the, and again, you talked, we, we kind of went over this a little bit before we got started, but my, my biggest issue with the announcement of, you know, we're not going to play uh, in the fall was it, it felt like both. And, and I'm talking about both conferences, the PAC 12 and, and the big 10, it felt like they weren't ready for any kind of follow-up questions about, okay, so, so what instead, where are we going to go? You know, it was floated out. Uh, okay. Maybe we could do something in the spring. And, and it felt to me like at no point in all of these five months of conversations, did anybody say, okay, hypothetically we're in mid August and we have to announce there is not a fall season what do we what do we say at that point it felt like that was never dug into and so when mike bones said you know the best thing to come out of tuesday was now we have clarity to me you have clarity in the in the negative we're not and i don't mean this as a, as a good bad thing but i mean a, the negative of what you're not going to do but there's no clarity as to the as to the positive as to the this is what we are going to do it's you know i i guess the players can stay on campus and and keep training for now, but it's kind of, you know, training for what? And the players just went through a spring and a summer of absolute kind of confusion on where, you know, where are we going? What is the end result of this? What's going to happen? And I just I feel I feel so bad for the coaches and players who really have gone along with this. I mean, you look at at USC's testing numbers and really a lot of the Pac-12 teams and a lot of the teams nationally, you've had, you know, a, a Rutgers and a Michigan State and, and some of these programs that have had uh, the, these flashes of outbreaks and they have responded to them. But when you look at especially a school like USC or some of these schools that, that are in hotspots and have done a very good job um, of, uh, you know, USC Right now, it's it's eight positive cases in in six hundred and sixty six total tests. Uh, that that's a good job, and it feels like. And I'm not saying they need to be rewarded, but but it feels like I I imagine for the players, it feels a lot like man, we did a lot of hard work for nothing. And and listening to Keaton Slovis and listening to Talano Fanga on that call, they talked about how how weird it's been and how much they've had to give up. You know, we we can't go over and and play video games with our friends. We can't see the guys that we're used to seeing. Uh, Keaton Slovis talking about how, 
because they're in these lifting groups of, of maybe a quarter of the team sort of at a time, they haven't been able to spend any time uh, as a team. And it really has been giving up a lot. And I, I just felt like the conference owed it to the players and, and the, you know, the support staff and the coaches and everybody that put a lot of effort into doing this kind of return to campus uh, in the right way. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to, tangent myself because I understand that you're still in you know Los Angeles County and and the numbers there are what they are and when you are taking sort of a, a bulk of uh, the testing effort you know into into a school or, or a football program when you kind of take the uh, you know 10,000 mile view of it, it it seems a little skewed and I understand that but the idea that then the conference would just say you're not playing and maybe we'll figure something else out, you know, down the line. It, it just, it felt hollow for me uh, that there wasn't a, and also here's what a hypothetical spring season uh, could look like. No, we're not guaranteeing this will happen. Clearly we still have some, some things to work out, but it just was this kind of flat, you know, I mean, it felt like you walk in your room and you just fall face first on the floor and don't move for a while. That, that's sort of what Tuesday, uh, felt felt like for me and, and I'm curious for a spring for me I could certainly imagine changing you know it I, I think you would need to change the 2020 spring season and the 2021 fall season because absolutely you can't play two full seasons uh, in a calendar year but if it's something where you're playing you know eight games in the spring and eight to ten games in the fall you have kind of a, a pitch count on guys either you know, total plays participated in, or if you could only play, you know, 12 games or four, 14 games uh, in the year. I, I feel like this is one of those times where kind of some outside the box thinking uh, was necessary. And again, the end result, it sure felt like it was a lot of, okay, if these numbers are this way in August, then we can start playing in September. If the numbers are this way in September, then we can start playing in October. And nobody really kind of bent backwards or, or really went out of their way to figure something out. And again, I, you know, if the end result is there's just no way we can do anything, that's that's fine. Uh, but I, I just I can't shake that feeling of you only gave half the statement uh, on on Tuesday and it didn't feel fully organized or, or really fully thought out and I know that's probably unfair because I know that these guys really sort of sweated over this decision and no nobody wants to cancel this I mean, no I don't think anybody is sitting there thinking again without without the virus implications nobody's sitting there thinking boy I hope we can cancel a football season uh at any point but that that was kind of what what stuck out to me and again I I feel bad um, for those players and, and you sort of brought it up a little bit, but let's get into that. What, what's in your mind, what's going to happen? I mean, you've got guys that the NFL has sort of said, or, or at least hinted at, we're, we're not moving the draft. That's, that's not, uh, that's not going to happen. Um, we're seeing a lot of, you know, high school players talk about not playing their senior season and college football players have already opted out. Uh, where, where do you see, what do you see happening with this roster uh, over the next, I, I guess, you know, six, seven months, all, all the way up until the NFL draft? Well, I, I think we'd be naive not to think that, and, you know, if you name players, 
you can always look like a fool, but I'll, 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 I'm already a fool. So I'll go out on the limb. <laughs> uh, I think you can say goodbye to Jay Tafeli. I think that's the first one that comes to mind. Uh, I think you can say goodbye to Elijah uh, Vera Tucker. I think that's, uh, you know, kind of obvious. Uh, goodbye to Amon Ra, St. Brown, uh, and Tyler Bonds. Uh, I think that's a good starting. And, and probably goodbye to uh, Talanoa Hufunga, who was on that conference call and gave every indication that when he said, I'm just living for today in the moment, uh, that was kind of like saying, okay, uh, I'm not going to sit there and say, I'm coming back. It, you know, it doesn't make any difference. I'm a, a Trojan because in the earth, these guys all want to go to the NFL. This was the year that they were planning on going to the NFL. They were going to showcase their talents one last time. But you know what? The NFL already has a pretty good beat on these people. I mean, look, they took Austin Jackson in the mid-first round. And most people uh, were surprised he went in the mid-first round, but they, they, you know, they they took him because they felt he had a huge upside. Okay, good for Austin. Uh, but I thought the trickle-down effect, and uh, you certainly can chime in on this because this is really an, an expertise of yours. Is you know, you look at uh, Brandon Campbell from Katy, Texas. Now here's a player that's a committed USC recruit who says because of the, uh, you know, the reports are, and something that you wrote, because of the coronavirus uh, and Texas uh, postponing the season, I think it was for a month or whatever, that he thought it was in the best interest of his family if he didn't play his senior year and just went ahead and enrolled at USC in the spring. And the idea was as well, you know, if there is a spring season, I was told by, you know, Coach Jenks, the running back coach, that, you know, if, if I'm ready to go, they'll get me in. Uh, you know, that, that's kind of like the one, one group is leaving and another group is coming in. I don't think that Campbell probably won't be the first guy to, to, to say this. And that goes for all of college football. I mean, I think for Ohio State and Alabama, schools that are already stocked to the brim. Uh, it's, they're not going to miss a beat. Uh, you know, and plus, uh, whatever openings it looks like they have, the recruits that want to go there will go there. Uh, no problem. But for SC, which is trying to uh, come back to the level that we all believe they should be at, uh, it adds a big challenge, okay, a big challenge. Uh, and, and we'll see what happens. But th those are the ones that come to my mind uh, that I think are more, the more likely to say uh, thanks. Uh, I, and I don't know how many of these guys will already have their degree by the time this fall is of semester is, is completed. So, you know, that's just another added aspect that, uh, uh, you know, spring ball, that's, that's what I'm saying. What's the point of having spring ball with all these transitions? And, and Clay Helton did say that they are, have been going over the, the real probability that there will be roster adjustments that need to be made. Could help, uh, could help their recruiting, though, SC's recruiting, like Corey Foreman, might all of a sudden say, well, you know, the great defensive end from Corona Centennial, hey, I could really come in here uh, and, and play and play with my buddy Drake Jackson. So, you know, it's just like a big domino effect to me. How do you feel about it? Yeah, I, I think it's uh, the, the idea of guys starting to skip their final seasons, uh, wh whether it's high school, whether it's college, uh, I think that could be 
something that we start to see more of. When you uh, offer those scholarships so early and, and you're basically telling guys, you know, okay, we've, we've seen enough. Uh, and, and a lot of them do come with, you know, we, we have to see this in senior year and, and they're talking like that, but there's plenty of guys uh, that, that don't need to do that, that, that don't need to play their senior year. You've already got now with the season moved back, the high school season in California and several other states, Washington being one of them, uh, you've got guys that are coming into USC as early enrollees that aren't going to play their senior seasons. Uh, with college stuff, I think the idea of the combine being so important, you, every year you see, oh, this guy did really well at the combine, his draft stock is going through the roof. At some point that's gonna start clicking with guys. If, if I feel like I have enough film through two years, I need to I need to go do well at the combine and if I need to take a full year to get ready for the combine to really go blow it away maybe that's the the best path for them and so I think there could be again if if there's sort of a concerted effort to say well not that that's not the way we want to go uh if if there's more of a push to tell guys no 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 you you need film you need film and for Elijah Vera Tucker that's the that's the one that sticks out to me uh, if he wants to go and if he wants to be able to show the NFL, not that, not that he might be able to play left, left tackle, but that he absolutely can play left tackle, there's no film, right? He, he, he doesn't have that. He was going to get a chance this fall. I, you certainly assume that he was going to go ahead and make that switch out to left tackle. He was going to get a full season's worth of film there and then show the NFL I can, I can do that. And certainly a lot of guys are – are drafted as a guard or as a right tackle and then eventually during their NFL career can can make their way over and he's he's good enough he's done enough as a left guard now to where an NFL team is going to take him you know maybe it's not a guarantee in the first round but certainly in the in the first couple of rounds uh, but it's just you know does he take that chance on, on losing out on the ability to to put that stuff on tape um, Talanoa Hufanga, you mentioned, could, you know, do you get through a season without an injury or you weigh that against, do you risk an, another season where there's a, a potential injury? So that that's, it, it's, it's going to be really interesting. You have, again, the question of what happens next fall. Are, are you guaranteed, you know, that these guys are, are playing football, uh, next fall or is, or is this still hanging over? I mean, you know, you do not want to think about the, the chance well, of, I think one of, the, of dealing I think one with of the, this in a year. I think one of the big issues, and let's not forget this, is this the idea that if you stay out to wait to come back for another year, you're losing uh, earning potential. Sure. Okay? It's that, you know, you hate to say it all gets down to money, but that's what uh, the NFL, it's your job. And uh, why are you going to lose out on a potential uh, paycheck and as, and as far as uh, Elijah Vera Tucker, you know, just using baseball as the analogy, how many guys that are great relief pitchers were like college pitchers in, uh, you know, during their career, starting pitchers? So, you know, once you get to the professional level, they'll insert you to where they think Absolutely. you'll best adjust to the, to the professional level. Even in basketball, some guys that are in position, one position, they move them from a, from a, you know, sh shooting guard to a, you know, to a small forward depends on the, 
the, you know, the, the system the teams run. So, to, you know, they're going to look at Tucker and say he he's athletic, and that's and to 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 support your uh, view on the combines. You know, the combines at some point you have to be athletic enough to play in the NFL. You can be a great great player. And let me just give an example. You know, when I was doing the ONSO, the Mount Rushmore series that I've been doing, I listed the four linebackers that I thought were the four best that I've seen at SC. And the last pick, I said, you know, Matt Grudegood was a tremendous player. But there was a case of a guy who was really, really an All-American at USC, but he wasn't big enough. He wasn't athletic enough to play in the NFL. And at some point, you know, it does come down to athleticism. Uh, and, uh, you know, if, if they feel that Vera Tucker through the Combines uh, has that athleticism, you never know. He could end up playing center in the NFL. Uh, you know, they always interchange linemen anyway mm-hmm. uh, at that level. And it's no different. I mean, that's one of the good things I think they really do good at SC is they they do get all their offensive linemen to play various positions. So they're never caught, you know, with a, a, a lack of, you know, I'm not talking about quality. I'm just saying quantity of guys being able to play different positions. So uh, I don't think the call for these guys to go to the NFL is all that difficult. And I think that if it's how SC manages their roster uh, and, and uh, you know, the reality is, uh, two years from now, maybe maybe earlier, as I said, uh, you know the beat will go on and nothing will change. I don't think the NFL would be doing a service to college players by changing their draft because I think it would just enhance, become more problematic. So try to keep things as much as, as normal as it is, and say this 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 uh, pandemic, you know, turned things into an anomaly, and just go with it and say okay. That's the way it is this year. We'll just go back to what we always knew was successful in the future, and it'll just be a blip on the screen. That, that's certainly the hope. I, I think it's really disappointing uh, this fall. I mean, uh, you know, everybody kind of thought what they thought about what was going to happen in that Alabama game. Um, but I, this, this team really wanted to kind of test itself and, and really wanted to go up against them. And I, I think, again, if – if you're right, and, and certainly I'm leaning that way too, on a lot of these guys going ahead and, and testing uh, the NFL draft, um, that, that, that's a big chunk. This was, I think, going to be kind of a, a team that these coaches really wanted to throw on the field and kind of prove that, that they can play you know, at the level that they feel like USC should play at. And, and when you – if you're going to lose, you know, the, the seniors uh, that you're already going to lose and then some of these juniors too, if, if they go, that's, that's a much different team uh, in, in 2021 um, that you're talking about. And so I, I think that's – if you needed kind of more disappointment on top of the fact that we're not going to have uh, any, any USC college football uh, this fall, I, I think just kind of skipping – what what should have been, I think, a, a pretty good uh, 2020 USC team. If if there is no fall, uh, I mean, if if there is no spring, or if there is spring and, and some of those guys don't participate, uh, I think I think that's just kind of another 
another gut punch um, with, with this whole scenario. But I, right, well, I'm, really interested. Go ahead. I, I'm really interested to see if the NCAA kind of steps in and, and what you can even do during the fall. I mean, is it something where, you know, that there's kind of been this push for players to be able to make themselves available for drafts in, in basketball, in football, and then be able to come back if, if they're not selected. And so, uh, you know, if, if the NCAA is talking about it and they've already recommended, um, you know, allowing an extra year, if, if you can't participate in a sport this season uh, and, and kind of fudging and, and changing a little bit, some of the eligibility rules, uh, which would obviously require some kind of roster adjustment um, if they're going to allow players to enroll early and, and stay on another year uh, and that kind of stuff. You, you wonder if maybe there's some thought on that where, where a player could go kind of test and, and participate in uh, some of that process and, and then be able to come back. So I, again, it's kind of, you know, jumping on the, on the coattails of, of what I said about Tuesday Yes, we got an answer, but it also led to a lot of questions that that don't seem to have an answer yet and and really haven't even been sort of publicly discussed or or given hints at uh, at, at which way anybody's leaning on that yet. Well, you know, it is such a deep and emotional uh, problematic situation that that has happened. I do think that a lot of what has been said was just to keep everyone's hopes up. I think there has been probably unofficial discussions of, you know, what should we do if, uh, you know, scenarios, uh, probably more in depth, they'll become now because of the reality that they can turn their attention to the spring. But let's be honest, how can you have a season when two conferences, at least two of the power five conferences, have said, we're not going along with this. And the other three said, oh, yes, well, we're playing. And you have a house divided. Okay. So that would kind of, wouldn't that also kind of eliminate the spring? Uh, if, if the SEC and the ACC uh, and the Big 12 say, no, we're playing, and the, and the college football playoff committee says, okay, you, we'll still have a championship. Or as Dabo Sweeney said the other day, uh, I don't care. If, the, if those conferences aren't going to be a part of it, we'll still crown a champion. And we've been in the game for five years, so we have a vested interest. And my point is, is if I'm Clemson and I go with the fall and I'm the national champion, what we're not participating in the spring. Forget about that. So now you have a divided spring uh, college football season. What are you just going to have two conferences playing in the spring? I mean, that tells me uh, that, we're not going to be playing in the spring. Now you could sit there and say, well, we're trying to, you know, find lost revenue through television, but that isn't going to, that isn't going to fly. Yeah. I mean, I think this whole thing, you, you hope that it serves as sort of a, a wake up call. And I mean, you hope that it will, but you know that it won't for, for the NCAA and, or, or some sort of way for these uh, you know, the autonomy five, conferences to if there isn't too much animosity uh after this to be able to get together going forward and, and figure this sort of thing out because it's clear that if if something else comes up and, and certainly hope there's nothing like this but any sort of big topic going forward 
I, I don't know how the NCAA comes in and says, no, 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 these are the rules now. I, you know, you, you want to fire back at them? Like, where, where were you, you know, when we really needed so when, when we really needed like a cohesive plan to get through this? Um, the, the fact that it wasn't there, I, I feel like they, they lose a lot of their ability to say really anything to anybody uh, going forward when it comes to, to college football or, or athletics in general. Well, I think the NCAA in some ways, based on how you, uh, you have presented it, is like our federal government. And, you know, the federal government, you know, uh, you can pick whatever side you're, you're on. I don't really care. But the federal government and the NCAA seem to be working kind of in concert in how they deal with issues and problems where, you know, the NCAA says, well, it's up to the conferences to make the decision on college football. We're not getting involved. Or the federal government saying, you know, it's really about the states dealing with the, the virus and how they want to go about it and the governors. So you say to yourself, well, what's the point of having a federal government or what's the point of having an NCAA if they, if they uh, you know, can't be a leader in it? Uh, and, and it presents all sorts of problems. And like I said, you know, it doesn't make a difference what side of the fence you are. Just, it just illustrates how deep the, the issues will be. Uh, you know, I've always believed that we're on the track where these Power Five con conferences uh, are going to just secede from the NCAA. And, uh, you know, they don't need the NCAA. Think about it, the NCAA doesn't even have anything to do with the uh, college football playoffs. You know, because because the, the schools don't want the NCAA to get the, the the money like they do in basketball, mm -hmm. so that that's a, that's that's down the road. But it's 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 going to be a, a topic to keep an eye on in the future. Yeah, I, I think we've got a few of those uh, down the road, but I, I think that's going to wrap it for us. Again, I, I think we came up as with as many answers as anybody else has uh, during this time. <laughs> but uh, again, one one major you know, and, and objectively sort of sad and, and depressing time where you're not going to have, uh, again, kind of blank slate, no college football. It's, it's going to be uh, a long fall, certainly. Um, but again, a, a lot of questions for how things can, can go forward. Uh, you know, we, we hit on potential or not potential for, for a spring ball or just gearing up for uh for the 2021 season um so we'll kind of see how all of that plays out uh over the next little bit but for now that's uh that's greg katz this is eric mckinney thanks for listening to the we are sc podcast